Thank you so much for being here with us tonight for our, um, oh gosh, what year is this? Uh, our annual graduates panel, one of our most anticipated events for the year where we invite back former students to share with us their college experiences. I'm Melissa Lustig. I'm one of the college counselors here at Aspen High School. Hi guys, my name is Charlie Lobby. I am the other college counselor here. And we hope that we are putting together a panel tonight that is going to give you the information that you want to hear. So to make that happen, we have provided index cards. So if you have a question, please write the question down on the index card. I'll be floating around to pick those up and then we'll ask those at the end of the presentation. We're also delighted to introduce two of our esteemed seniors who will be moderating the panel tonight for the very first time. So, Chloe, Cole, would you mind coming up here and just introducing yourself? We have these little microphones. Okay. Hi, I'm <laughs> Chloe. I'm gonna hand this off. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Aspen High School, class of 2019. Very excited to be here tonight, and I have a lot of questions that I'm super curious about as I go through this process, so I'm excited to hear from everyone. And uh, I'm Cole Peterson, I'm also with the class of 2019, and uh, thank you all for coming. I really appreciate the opportunity to ask you guys questions. So. Um, we thought we'd just start, if you guys wanna go down the line um, and just say your names for the panelists, um, where you're attending college, and um, if you have an intended major. Hi, um, I'm Spencer Shaw. I'm a freshman at Colorado College, and currently undeclared <coughs> in uh, my major, but I'm probably going to be environmental science or geology. Hi, my name is Grace Ferguson, and I go to University of Virginia. Um, I'm also undeclared, but I'm thinking global studies and sustainability. I'm Jackson Carraro. I go to Western State, Colorado. Uh, I will probably be doing business and entrepreneurship as my major and a minor in graphic design, hopefully. I'm Maddie Leibinger. I go to Colgate University, and my plan is to double major in Spanish and psychological neuroscience. I'm Nakiri Gallagher-Cave. I'm a sophomore at Columbia University, and I'm planning to major in sociology. I'm Jessica Coxon. I'm a senior at Colorado Mason University, and currently I am an exercise science major with a theater minor. Hi, I'm Nikki Blizzard. I'm a junior at the University of Colorado Boulder, and I'm currently studying advertising with a minor in business. I'm Hugo Sacedo. I also go to CU Boulder. I'm a sophomore, and I am majoring in finance and information management with a minor in technology, arts, and media. I'm Jordan Fox. I'm a freshman at the University of Pennsylvania, and I'm planning on majoring in international relations and minoring in consumer psychology. I'm Will Pryor. I go to University of Colorado Boulder, and I am majoring in electrical engineering. I'm Molly. I'm a freshman at New York University, and I'm studying screenwriting. Um, and I'm Finn Allen, and I go to Boston College, and I'm currently majoring in biochemistry. So we thought we might start, for some of you who are freshmen and sophomore, maybe this is um, a little, you will re remember a little more for those of you who are juniors and seniors, maybe this is less pertinent, but um, just as seniors, we're wondering if there's anything that really stuck out to you um, 
about the college that you chose to go to, if there was sort of one thing that made you want to go there, or if it was a mixture of factors. Um, so if anyone has anything they'd like to share about that. Well, I was looking for a really specific program. I knew I was interested in screenwriting, and uh, NYU has a really good screenwriting program, and it's small, and um, yeah, so I was really drawn to that specificity. Um, weather was a big attribute for me. I love the weather in Colorado. I love the cold. I also love to ski. And I love a small, like, intimate environment with um, close relationships with teachers. And so I, when I was looking at schools, I applied to many schools that had those criteria. Yeah, basically the same thing for me in a way. I based a lot of my colleges off of ski resorts, believe it or not. But that helps like minimize the selection process by a ton. It made me find my college, which was nice. Uh, same thing mainly for the class size, it, 20 students at most in my class. So it gave me a more hands-on feel with the professor and, and makes me like enjoy coming to class. and. I compete a lot in the wintertime, so it's nice to know to have that little like leeway with the professors where instead of a room full of 200 kids, you can go to your professor and be like, hey, I'm going to be gone for three weeks this winter, which is actually happening, so I'm a little scared at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was basically a big attribute into that. Okay, awesome. Um, is there anything that you wish you would have known a little bit earlier that would have change the way that you approach the college search process um, and selection process um, kind of to make it more manageable or easier? Yeah, I wish I'd thought about it a little bit better just in general because I kind of went into it just kind of thinking, okay, so I got my safety school, which was CSU at the time. And then like I was aiming super, super high, a little bit too high, if we're being honest. Um, and looking back at it now, I'm glad I didn't get into those, I guess, reach schools because they don't, they don't really fit my personality. So I wish someone would have just told me it's okay to you know, not go to one of those really big um, and like very prestigious schools, you know what I mean? Um, it really does depend on like what you want and like where you want to be if you want to be at home you know three hours away that's okay and if you want to be across the country that's also fine so that was my input on that um, I would just say to keep an open mind when you're looking I think you when you're looking you create a list of things that you look for and you want in a college and I think I started doing that junior year when I didn't really know what I want and so I kept that list and I'm obviously very happy where I ended up but I ended up there by accident. I wasn't looking at schools in Philadelphia because I didn't think I wanted to be there. And then my dad kidnapped me while we were college trying to time. But I just think overall, being open to looking at a lot of different schools before you narrow it down and decide on what you're looking for. Um, just for me, a slightly different approach. Uh, just apply for 
absolutely everything you can. I was very, very lucky to receive the Betcher, for example. And especially if you're remotely considering CU as an option, or really any Colorado school, even if you don't get all the way through just the first couple steps, um, you get tons of money. Uh, they throw it at you for uh, even just getting to the semi-final round or, what's, or as you get further through the selection process. And especially more at CU, there's this thing called the PLC, which is the President's Leadership Class. That's just another great option to help make CU a, an even better option. And I think it really ends up competing with, with bigger school or more name brand schools like I don't know, U Chicago or thing, just those really schools that you think of higher tier. So just apply for everything. You'd be amazed by how much money that uh, is out there and, and ready to be given. I just want to say, don't get your heart set on one school. Um, like Doran said, keep an open mind, because um, it can be tough if you don't get into the school you want. Um, and so if you keep an open mind, you never know. Like It could turn out the way that you want it to. Can I, I actually want to follow up with that. For those of you who either um, didn't go to your first choice for whatever reason, do you feel like where you are now is the right place, and has it worked out in a way that maybe you didn't think it would? Um, I applied to Tufts early decision and did not get in and I was pretty devastated at the time but looking back it opened my options and now I am in like my dream environment I absolutely love school I love Colgate and so um, definitely I guess if you apply somewhere and don't set your mind on getting in because it's not always likely that you will get in um, to your top choice. Um, there are many other options. I mean, there's hundreds of colleges around the world in this country, and you eventually will end up at the place where you're meant to be. And I got one more thing to say. Biggest thing is I can say that I almost saw at one point where a lot of people were going to colleges where their friends were. Biggest thing is, is choose, like, it, it, it's hard to leave your friends. Trust me, it's hard to leave a lot of my friends back home. But the biggest thing you can do is, is go experience new things. Go find new people. Enjoy what that feeling is like because, trust me, I was nervous going to a school where I had no clue who anybody was, but a lot of those friends, friends that I've made from just in class to me being on a ski team has been beyond like all my expectations. So go to where your heart feels like it's right. Because in the end, it's going to be way more fun. So to kind of play off of that, um, my recommendation would be, as we know, a lot of Aspen kids go to Boulder. I feel like that's a pretty well-known thing and that was obviously a factor for me when I was choosing schools but I don't think it should ever be a factor because it you you make your own experience with who you want to hang out with who your friends are so for me um, I wanted a whole new friend group when I left Aspen and 
that's definitely possible even with the amount of Aspen kids that go to Boulder. I barely see anyone, honestly. So that's my recommendation. Okay, um, kind of just moving into your transition into college. When you first uh, came to campus, did you experience kind of an adjustment period? Were you experiencing homesickness? Um, how did you kind of deal with that time? Um, well, I'll start. Um, so when I first moved in, my first semester, I could confidently say it was the best semester I've ever had, um, and I loved it. Second semester, I was definitely more homesick, um, but you get through that. You come home for summer, and things get better. Um, for me, academics were really hard to get adjusted to because it is a lot harder than high school, um, personally, but eventually you get into your rhythm, and you know what's best for you, how well you study in which whatever environment you are in. Um, I mean, this is kind of for, you want to do for your all four of your years, or five, or however many you're there, but be open-minded and try a lot of new things. When I first got to Mesa, um, the first week was like a big welcome week, and I've met three of my roommates there, and I've been a roommate with one of them for all four years I've been there. So definitely go and try a bunch of new things that you wouldn't even possibly think of trying or joining stuff, and just get out there. I definitely felt like there was an adjustment period. Um, I felt like mentally prepared for the academic rigor. Everyone told me it was going to be difficult and I had prepared myself for that. And then I prepared for like living not with my parents and kind of having to fend for myself. Um, but what really shocked me was that I wasn't with all my friends. And it's obvious that you're leaving your friends and like it makes sense like, oh, I'm moving across the country, we all said goodbye. But actually being at school and realizing that I didn't have the people I had known for four to 12 years with me um, was definitely really hard. Um, and it was just like something I hadn't expected at all. And so I think that's just something to mentally prepare yourself for leaving your friends and for, for leaving this small community where you know everyone. And it does get better. I made amazing friends and it just, like every semester has just been better as I've become closer with the people I've met there and formed new connections with people there. Um, one thing that Holgate offers is a pre-orientation program, and I found that to be extremely helpful in especially the transition period from going home, going all the way across the country, and then starting school. And I was on a mountain biking trip, which was pretty cool because it's close to home. It reminded me of being in Aspen. And yes, it was with six other kids who had very little mountain biking experience, but it kind of introduced me to an environment that showed me what Colgate was, showed me like the student body that Colgate um, had and consisted of. And I found, I mean, one of my friends from that trip actually came and visited um, Aspen two weeks ago. And so it's cool the people that you can meet before school even starts and how you can um, begin school without even starting academically. And you can feel um, different experiences close to home with a pre-orientation program if a school offers that. Um, so I'll be honest, I have not really had um, the easiest of transitions 
um, at my, for my first semester. Um, and I think it's mainly just because I joined a lot of clubs that um, I wasn't necessarily interested in, and I got to meet a lot of really cool people. Um, I tried out for the horseback riding team, <laughs> and I haven't ridden a horse in 12 years, and everybody there has been riding horses like every single day since they were seven. So that was interesting. Um, but I met a lot of people. Um, so this semester, I'm really hopeful that things are going to change. And nothing's set in stone. So if you don't like your first semester, just know that you can really you can change things. Like I'm going to do some new clubs, going to join the ski team, the outdoors club. Um, and if I don't like it, then I can always transfer. So um, it's just important to know that you're not stuck there. And you can always change things. I would just say my two biggest piece of advice is just to use all the resources you have. There are people at college who will help you get adjusted to the academics because no matter where you are, it's an adjustment. And secondly, I think you should be easy on yourself. You don't find your friends the first week. If you do, you're incredibly lucky. So I just think being easy with yourself and knowing that it will all come eventually and then that just makes it a lot easier. Okay, so for me, um, I didn't have this like dramatic transition period. Like I, I was lucky, I had a pretty easy time. I think part of that is because I did like the summer program at NYU. But the thing is like once you start classes, um, it's not like high school where it's like, oh, you got to school at eight o'clock and then you're here till 3.20 or whatever. You have like a different schedule every single day. And so it's not like you have a routine laid out for you. So you kind of have to make your own schedule. And honestly, if you find like a time to do everything, which sounds scarier than it actually is. It's like actually easier than you think if you just like really try to, you know, find a time to get your work done, find a time for friends, find a time to work out or whatever you need to do. Um, once you could like figure out that for yourself, it's, it makes everything a lot easier. And I honestly like feel like I have a lot less homework than in high school. Granted, I am in a program where I study writing for film. It's not like rocket science, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have a lot less work because, you know, I have my little routine of going to the cafe I like to study at and getting my work done. Like, I'll be there for a few hours and I'll work out, then I'll go hang out with friends. So that just makes things a lot easier. Yeah, one quick. Yeah, and I'm going to be completely honest. Um, my transition period, I wish I prepared more for. That's for, for sure. I came in kind of baller status thinking I was going to be fine without any help, and that's completely wrong. I came in, and probably maybe my first month, I was panicking <laughs> for sure. 
do research in your college and find out if they have like an academic resource area. I'm gonna be real, I had a learning disability for my entire life. I struggle with it every day. Um, but when you accept that and you just go on with it and make it part of college and you don't, if you go into college thinking you're not gonna need that stuff anymore, keep it going. It will save you a ton in college and trust me, I wish I did it sooner because towards like November, I started getting my act together and I passed all my classes with really good grades uh, thanks to the academic resource there. So if you feel, if you have what I have, take advantage of it because that will help with your transition process so much more. And they're so nice. People, people understand your problems, man. Like, don't be afraid to like show it. Trust me, it took me forever to be like, oh, this is my problem, but I deal with it and you know, life moves on. So yeah, that's a big thing for transition. Um, to sort of build on the idea of transition a little bit, um, in terms of your time at Aspen High School, were there any classes that you felt like really prepared you for college or when you got to college, did you feel like, did you feel prepared in terms of workload, um, in terms of IB classes, did, were you able to get any credit for them? Um, sort of just thoughts on that. Because <laughs> my biggest thing is every time I've ever came into the Aspen High School, people have always been like, I don't want to take Discovery. Like, I don't want to do it. I, it's a, such a dumb class. It's like, no, take Discovery. As soon as you get it, be grateful that you have it. The Aspen High School gives you so many opportunities to get into college. It's crazy. I wrote my first essay in that class, my first college essay, and I wrote about my, my, my hero. And that essay led me to having my first college essay done and I use that essay for everything you know if you think you don't need it get a grip you you need it like <laughs> you're you're gonna you're gonna experience you're gonna be like oh I didn't know that that's how I can get easy financial aid or oh my god common app wow I only need to fill out a couple of things and then I can send it to five colleges wow man that's 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 insane so for you freshmen and sophomore and you get Discovery or juniors or whatever, take it. Don't act like you don't need it because it'll save you in the end. And hey, you might get lucky like I did and write your first college essay and that might be the one for all of your college. So <laughs> yeah, take it, please. Um, one of the classes that I felt uh, prepared me the most was IB history. Um, not for the actual history part of it, but for the writing. Um, writing is a huge aspect of college, um, and a lot of what goes into um, you know, being a good college student is being able to efficiently um, and articulate, and to ar efficiently articulate your thoughts onto paper. And I think um, IB history was um, key in, my, in me learning how to do that, and I felt incredibly prepared um, in terms of IB credits transferring um, or AP credit, um, it totally depends on your school. Um, but for example, Colorado College um, accepted um, my IB credits kind of liberally. And um, I am uh, technically a sophomore at um, Colorado College because of that. So, um, you know, don't think it doesn't matter because, um, you know, it, you can actually, um, it's pretty advantageous in the end. And then, um, I had a third thing to say, but I forgot. Oh, XED. Um, XED is uh, really key in um, becoming kind of an integral part to your community because it makes you a leader. 
Um, I think Exed is one of, it, I mean, you know, no other school district in the nation does that, and well, public school district at least. Um, but um, I think it's incredibly important because you have experiences that a lot of other kids don't, and I think that naturally draws people to you. Um, I think that's really important in um, making friends and um, being a citizen of the world. So, you know, keep that in mind, Exed haters. <laughs> I think English and not just Ivy English was really the main um, class and subject that I felt has transferred over to my college experience. Um, my, I have line ideas just like the ones that we complained about in Mr. T's Lit and Comp class freshman year. And that was really helpful, having some experience in that, because I have other friends who are here and they're like, I, I've never had to do this ever before. And I think that's something that transferred over really well. I emailed Serena last year to get access to all of the poetry things from Ivy English, all the poetry resources and worksheets, because I was in a poetry class and had no clue what I was doing. Um, and it was really helpful to look back at the work that I'd already done in Ivy English and then kind of jog my memory on how to deal with poetry again. And then also in two of my literature classes, one from last year and one from this year, um, the format has been very, the format of exams has been very similar to the IB English exams. And I think that's something that I just never expected to be all that helpful in college. And it's actually directly translated over. Um, I took IB biology and the IB sports science class. And they definitely provided a lot of the foundation work for a lot of my classes, being an exercise science major. And going into them, um, the professor is talking about a bunch of stuff, and nobody seems to have a clue what's going on. And I'm like, I learned this in high school. Like, it's, it's nice to actually know. I pulled out some of my notes from high school, and they provided a lot, so I didn't have to re rewrite a lot of stuff that he was talking about. And they just, just keep your notes for a little bit. Don't burn them at the end of the year like some people do. <laughs> like, keep them for a little bit, and you might actually use them. Um, so for me, definitely, I think I got something like 15 credits from IB. Um, definitely do your research and definitely kind of have an idea of like what you want to do. Because what happened for me is I came in with those 15 credits and I had like a whole section of my uh, degree audit basically filled in. And after a little bit of thinking and like I was like, okay, so like what do I want to do for my minor? Um, I decided, okay, I want to I want to do something with technology, arts, and media, something with Photoshop, video editing, coding, whatever. And the program that I'm currently in, yeah, ironically, takes up that entire 15 credit section. So basically, what happened for me is I did all this work for IB. Um, not to say that it didn't help a lot, which it did, especially business and bio. Um, not really Spanish because I already kind of speak it. <laughs> um, definitely think about that because you don't want to go into it thinking like, oh, okay, cool, like I got X amount of credits filled in, and then you go in and you look at what you want to do, and either none of those credits are um, accepted, they don't transfer over, or there's some overlap, and you're just like, well, okay, you, you know, you just got to roll with it, I guess. On the other side of that, 
IB classes really helped me with work ethic, but I knew going into it that none of my no credits were gonna transfer. But I do think IB classes still have some merit, and I also would say that journalism, for the same reason Spencer said history was the most helpful, was really beneficial. Um, so like Jordan, I also didn't get any credit for my IB test, because I had to get like, uh, something like a six or a seven on HL tests, which I did not get. Um, but I also, granted, didn't probably take them as seriously as I should have. So something that like going into like the end of your senior year, like you don't want to be doing anything. So like studying for the IB exam seemed like the worst thing you could possibly do. Um, but know what you need to get and study, like look at like what, like what Hugo said, like look at what you might want to do and like really focus on those tests, like the ones you would get credit for and it should, it'll really help. And then kind of just the converse of that, did you feel underprepared for any of the classes that you had to take? Do you feel like you could have been prepared a little bit better for Massman High School classes? Um, I would say that our chemistry department here is not probably the best. Um, just because we don't have, like, a lot of schools will have, like, an AP or an IB chemistry, but that's something that we don't have here. Um, so going into college, chemistry was really tough, especially, like, because a lot of people are way ahead of you. Um, taking one year of chemistry in, soft, like, sophomore year sort of leaves you behind a lot of people who took AP or IB chemistry their senior, junior and senior year. So it's just something like, if you're looking to go into anything with chemistry, just know that it's, I mean, it's probably, it's one of the toughest classes in college in general, but coming from somewhere where you don't have AP or IB, it's especially tough. Um, I mean, in a lot of the IB classes, you have to write really long research papers, especially IB history, but I mean, like, often in college, they'll ask us to, I mean, in my school, um, they ask us to like have a 10 page paper in a week, which um, I mean, I was prepared for it in a sense, except it's just a lot quicker than in high school. You And you're kind of expected to pull out your best work in less drafts. So that's just something that's a little daunting at first. Um, I think wherever you go, it's gonna be an adjustment. I would say most of my friends at school came from prep schools, and so they're used to doing this kind of work, and so immediately I had to find resources that would help me and show me how to break up work, because you don't have the same classes every day. Sometimes you have big spaces in between them, so you have to find ways to break up like 140 page chunks of reading so that you're not, so it's not as miserable. But it is manageable as long as you stay organized. Um, I felt really prepared. Um, I did IB diploma and um, the academics haven't felt too horrible. The only thing uh, that you don't get at Aspen High School obviously is um, for at UVA, especially at any state school, you have classes that range from 10 to 400 students. Um, so that was just really difficult for me at the beginning, having 400 student classes where you have clicker questions and uh, it was really difficult to get to know your professors. Um, so if you are looking at state schools, just know that that's something that 
you could be experiencing. And if you do have those big classes, just make sure you make yourself noticeable um, with your professors. All right, we have a few more about academics and then we can move on to some other stuff. But um, one thing that I've heard um, is that like 70% of students, whatever they put on Common App as their major or what they wanted to study, end up changing that. So are there any of you that started in one major and went to something completely different or those of you who are just starting school thought you wanted to do something but realized very early on that's not true or on the other side knew what you wanted to do and are still doing that? My biggest thing is like, just earlier I said like I wanted to do business but my school offers such a r awesome environmental sustainability um, I'm kind of almost leaning towards that in a way I don't know it's like a 50-50 scale 24-7 I kind of battle that one out in my head like well if I go to business you know I might have a set job at some point but if I go into environmental it might be like a hit or miss if I do get a good position if I do join that but um, yeah definitely for me it's a and, and you'll feel that you'll you might go into it knowing what you want, but in the end, you're probably not going to know what you want your first year. <laughs> like you're just, it's a hit or miss, you know. That's about it. Um, I went into school thinking that I wanted to major in neuroscience and minor um, in Spanish, and now because. So you have to, I would say, do a lot of research on what your school offers because just this year they changed the, um, there were two departments of neuroscience, psychological and um, cellular, and now just this year they combined the two. So now there are a number of um, more classes that are required to take in order to major in neuroscience. And so I would say look at what classes, if you have an idea of what you want to major in, whether it's if you want to go pre-med or if um, you're majoring in psych or Spanish, look at the classes that are offered and the teachers that are teaching those classes because it's really important to kind of scope out what you are looking for eventually in the long term of your college career. Um, in order to kind of determine what you want to eventually study. So now I'm looking more towards psych and now decided to double major in Spanish because I had such an amazing experience um, with my Spanish teacher first semester. So now I would like to follow through in that department. So you just have to do some research with that. I went in thinking I wanted to major in English and concentrate in business. And I took one English class my first semester, and then I actually took a sociology class that counted towards the business major because I couldn't get into the econ class, um, or the business concentration, sorry. And after taking that, I realized that I didn't want to major in English and that I wasn't interested in the business part of the so sociology class that I had taken, but actually more in the sociology part of that class. And so now I'm majoring in sociology but I've been playing around with different minors and concentrations, and now I don't think I'm going to declare a minor at all. Um, and I think it's just important to remind yourself that you don't have to know what you want to do. Um, students do go into college not knowing or thinking they know and then changing their minds. And it's easy to, to be caught up with the people who have their 20-year plans and who know they want to be doctors or politicians or whatever. And 
it's okay to remind yourself that like you have time to decide and there's no rush. So I kind of knew that I wanted to go into some sort of health science or biology major, so that wasn't an issue. Um, I, for two years, I had roommates who were very different than me. I had a, um, someone who was a band in the band and a dance major and a theater major, so I was very confused because I'm not really in that whole side of the world. Um, but I actually, so I'm a theater minor now, um, and I can never imagine myself doing anything in the theater because I am terrified of being in front of people. Um, but I found that the whole backstage area. So now I do a lot of backstage production with the shows and assistant stage managing and working with props and all sorts of stuff like that. So don't like cross anything out. Like you never know, you could find a, like, a different angle on something that you've never thought of before and you actually really like it. So be open-minded and you can take classes in other areas. Um, be careful, don't take too many or they might catch up to you in the end and you might have to stay a little bit longer. But be willing to try new things. So <clears throat> when you're choosing a major, definitely keep an open mind. But personally, I would have a backup. I didn't and I switched my major four times. Um, so that was interesting. But now I think I'm in the right place um, advertising. I grew to love it this past semester and I think it's the right choice. So definitely have um, a backup, but keep an open mind as well. Um, so I just have a big school perspective with CU. So I switched my major from aerospace engineering to electrical engineering. And one of the problems I ran into at CU is it's the curriculum for the aerospace major in particular is it was extremely rigid. So when you get into your junior and senior years, you really don't have any leeway or, or ways to choose more specific things you're interested in. You kind of have a set class schedule and you're kind of stuck with it. Electrical is a bit better, but uh, just something to keep in mind, if you do end up choosing a big school, I at least my experience is that it gets more and more difficult to kind of switch out of the, or switch between engineering disciplines. Uh, th this is obviously just engineering, but um, I already have to take a summer class just to, ch just to prevent me going five years instead of four years. So just switching my major from aerospace to electrical would have pushed me back a year, even just switching first semester. So something to keep in mind, uh, it's best to switch early if you're gonna switch in engineering at big schools. Um, so my advice is if you are really, really passionate about something and you know as a fact that that's what you wanna do, look for schools where you can focus in that and um, I mean, it is kind of like overwhelming because my schedule is very laid out for me, my four years, but since I am very passionate about what I do, I like genuinely get excited to do my homework. And also I kind of had friends like with the same interests handed to me on a silver platter because you know, it's a small program and we're doing a very specific part of film and 
yeah, so that's definitely something to consider if you are know you're really passionate about something. Okay, and then really quickly before we transition from academics, um, you've already kind of talked a little bit about professors, but how is the transition from kind of the iconic small feel of Aspen High School and the accessibility that you have towards these bigger schools and how accessible are your professors and how do you prefer to communicate with them and how is that kind of different? Professors are actually very accessible. Um, even in my classes, well, like my one single class, outside of my program, um, where it's like a, a lecture class and it's bigger, the professors, and if not the professor, the TAs are very accessible. And I discovered this late, late, late into the semester. Uh, go to office hours, wow, helpful, really helpful. Um, and it also helps you form a relationship with the people who are grading you, which can't hurt, honestly, you know? Gotta get good grades. <laughs> um, at CU, it's, it's super easy to, to get to pretty much all of the professors in, in your small classes. It's, I haven't really connected with my big 400-person lecture professors, but I mean, I've grabbed coffee with my uh, Paul Professor, the Residential Academic Program Professor, and he's got something like 200 students, and he'll grab coffee individually with each and every one who are person who asks. Uh, I've been flying with my general engineering professor, who is a crazy guy. He's gone and created a 42,000-person Doctors Without Borders, but Engineers Without Borders, and he'll just go have coffee or go flying with anyone who asks that people just really I've found people really want to help you and talk to you and point you in directions and give you books and to read it's that everyone it seems is in your corner who you ask so yeah um, I'd say same thing as same thing as well it's really really easy especially if you're um, kind of in a more focused, I guess, school within college within your university, like maybe engineering or business specifically, because um, at least at CU, there's a specific dorm for business students. So it's really, really, really easy to connect with. Like, I know, probably say like five of my professors really well, and we're on a name to, like, first name basis, and that's really nice. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you're not using your office hours, say, like for a micro econ lecture, which is literally the size of this high school, um, you know, it's really hard to contact your professor and be like, hey, like, I'm freaking about this midterm. Can, can we meet at some time besides the specified office hours? Which most likely, you know, they are trying to help you, but at the same time, they have other responsibilities. They do research for the university and stuff. Um, that's mainly how. That's mainly why they're contracted by the university, at least in those bigger lecture halls, is because they're doing research for the university. Um, so they won't have time, and they won't make time for you, right? Because there's another 400 plus kids in your exact same shoes that are like asking the same questions, and they just they don't have the resources to 
to help you out in that manner. So I'd definitely say one really helpful tip is write down all your professor's office hours on your phone, and that will just like save your life, for sure. Um, I would say for me, it's kind of like making new friends. Um, find a way to make an effort with your professor. Um, if you want to get to know them better, if you want to improve your grade in the class, if you want to learn more information about a specific area that you're studying in the class. Um, I kind of saw it as, um, at least this past semester, that yes, they are professors, treat them professionally, but they have been in your shoes once, and so they understand what you're going through. So if you make an effort to get to know them, they will want to know you, and they will want to help you, so. And the biggest thing is, is something that was difficult for me to uh, to get, and I know it sounds so stupid, but it's emails. Be, you have to sound so professional with your professors when it comes to emails, trust me, I got my butt handed to me by my English professor <laughs> um, the first time, because here at this school, especially how I would write, I would write like, oh, dear Melissa, don't do that. If if they're doctor or like pr or professor, like I call, I would write emails to my English professor. Her title would be Doctor Coleman. L start practicing like good habits now while you're in high school with writing certain things to your teachers, and and then that's another thing. It shows that you do care. You're acting professional. You're not acting like some ski bum out of Aspen, Colorado. Like, oh hey man, how's it going? Um. I got a C in your class right now, and I'm wondering if there's like any extra. No, don't do that. <laughs> like, like be professional, and and like and yes, they were once in your shoes, and they understand. And you know, some of them have a lot of your same interests. So st start a conversation like that. Like my biology professor loves skiing, and that's how you know he helped me pass my biology final. And yeah, so practice good habits now. I was just going to say that the school also really wants you to get to know your professors. Um, at my school, they have this thing called take your professor out to lunch. And you can schedule a time to go to lunch with your professor, and they'll give you money to actually have lunch. And so that's a really great resource. And I'm sure at other schools, there's things um, where they really want you to get to know the people that you're spending a lot of time with. Um, I think I should just preface this by saying that Colorado College is a little bit of a non-traditional schedule. Um, you take uh, one class for three and a half weeks, um, and then you get a five-day weekend and repeat, and you still get four classes a semester, same amount of learning. Um, but given that you are only taking one class at a time, your professor is only teaching one class at a time, and so getting to know them happens pretty naturally. And um, I'm on a first-name basis with all my professors. Um, went to uh, the Mount Princeton Hot Springs with my geology professor, which I feel like once you see your professor like lounging in a river in his <laughs> underwear, you kind of, like, all things are out the window. So, um, you know, Colorado College is a little more laid back than what um, you might see at um, you know, some of these bigger schools. Um, so that's something that's I've really benefited from. I text my professors when I want. <laughs> when I um, have questions. And um, so that's something that I really, really love because they're not just professors, they're also friends. Um, and 
they're also incredibly interesting people. My most recent professor was the world's leading expert on pineapple family. Um, <laughs> yeah, who would have thunk? Um, so anyways, it's uh, um, something, uh, your professors are not just people who are supposed to convey information to you, they are people who um, you can like truly like learn everything from. Um, and also, um, Colorado College has uh, class sizes capped at 25, so um, you really, like, like I said, it happens naturally because you're not competing with 400 other kids for their attention. And um, yeah, it's not, it's, you know, something you want to keep in mind when you're thinking about schools is um, what your relationship with your professors with your classes is going to be like. Okay, I guess we'll move on from academics. Thank you for all your insight on that. Um, something that I'm really nervous about is finding a roommate and compatibility issues. Um, so I'm just curious for some of you, what were the options? Did you have like um, interest, like residential living, or was it just um, were you required to live in dorms? Um, did you have the option for a single? Is that better? Play it safe. Don't get someone you don't want to live with. Um, or did you get someone that you didn't think you were going to like and you loved? Um, I'm, we're just super curious to hear what your experience was with um, housing and roommates and getting to know new people and living with them. Um, so I have, there's this Facebook page for our class. And um, everybody kind of just posts a little bit about themselves, a little bio and some pictures. Um, and you just kind of. You can kind of scroll through and see who you would maybe fit with. And um, I did that. And I am actually really, really good friends with my roommate. Um, and that worked really well, the Facebook page. Yeah, my whole selection, and I'm not going to be mean or anything, but my whole selection process for sure was almost like a, like a Tinder. You know, but you didn't get you didn't get their picture. That was a thing. So, and I wish I did more research on how to access like my roommate thing. because. I got a roommate, um, I was so busy with my job, um, and he hit me up on Instagram, and I kinda got to know him. Take time out of your day to get to know your roommate a little bit better. M my roommate's a little sketchy, I'm, I'm, gonna, be, I'm gonna be real. <laughs> um, he's put a couple of my friends in danger, um, and I've just not been pumped on it. And I wish I did more research and knew who he was as a human. You know what I mean? And at the same time, understand, and I've just from this past month that I've had off, it gave me time to think and just understand that, like, well, if I can't switch roommates, how do I live with this kid? How do I, you know, put up with his stuff? And then as soon as I'm done with my freshman or junior or whatever year, how, how do I transition from that? Because trust me, I'm not pumped, but I'm just going to push on, move through, and find stuff that gets you out of the dorm. If he's in there, find a club, find a sports <laughs> team. I mean, even just even sometimes when he's in the room and I'm like, I don't want any part of him and I just don't kind of want to see him, I'll be like, I'm going to go to the cafe and I'm going to go get some coffee. And I, either A, I run into some one of my friends on the ski team or I just run into a friend in class or... You know, so do talk to your roommate more. Make sure it's somebody that you can actually live with. You know what I mean? Because my roommate doesn't know how to organize his rock climbing gear. It is all over the place. I thought I had gear. He has more gear than I have. <laughs> and it's hard to believe. <laughs> um, so sometimes you don't get the option of choosing your roommate. I was um, 
in a boat where for the first time in years, um, Colgate went random for freshman year. So I was given a random roommate. Um, I filled out a brief survey and was, um, and now I have a roommate from a total, she's from New York, she's from um, a different side of the city. She is from the Dominican Republic and she helps me with Spanish and we're different people. But um, I have um, learned a lot about myself in this process that I can't be picky and you have to make an effort and find things that you can relate to, whether they are that um, you travel to the same country or something um, like that because now my roommate and I are best friends, or not best friends, but we're very close friends. We don't hang out with the same people, but I love rooming with her and um, I have found that even though it's random, I was scared at first, but it's been a very positive experience. I chose my roommate. We found each other on the Facebook page for admitted students and talked for a while and decided to room together. Um, we got along really well last year. We still are friends. We're not living together this year, but we'll get coffee together, we'll hang out, um, and we're still great friends. I would say that it's important to know that your roommate may not be your best friend, and I think especially like movies about college make it seem like everyone is best friends with their roommates and that's like your best friend in your entire college. And I know that's not the case for a lot of people. I actually, this year when I was choosing my roommate, um, a friend and I who we weren't best friends, we still aren't, but we're like good friends and we would study together and hang out sometimes. Um, and we decided to live together because both of us wanted to live with someone else, but to not have it be where you get back to the room and talk about every detail of your life for hours. I enjoy going back to my room and she'll be there and we'll chat and catch up on our day. And if I ever have a problem or like need someone to talk to, she's there. But we can also kind of sit in the room and do our own thing and we can go out during um, the week or the weekend and hang out with other friends and not there's no pressure to always be together, and I've actually really enjoyed having that sort of independence while also having someone to live with. Um, I'm gonna step away from the roommate part for a second and address like housing and that sort of situation. Um, I know with different schools, it can be different how many years you're supposed to stay on campus, and at Mesa, it's only two years. So what I did my freshman year, I was in the traditional dorms that have the communal showers and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's an experience. Um, hopefully you have a good floor, that's all I can say. And then my sophomore year, we actually have um, apartments on campus, so it's like, kind of like the next step. You're not complete, you're, you're on your own, but you're still on campus. There's still access to like the dorm, or to the cafeteria and stuff, but you have a kitchen, you can cook, but you're not like totally self-reliant yet. And then I finally moved off campus my third year, and currently I'm now in the same apartment and now I cook for myself, I don't have a meal plan, I have to commute to campus, and I think it's just good to kind of work your way up instead of trying to get off campus as soon as you can or staying there the whole time, because just each step will kind of prepare you for after college. Um, so I'm in sort of a unique situation. I live in a scholarship house with 60 people, and um, for some, you know, 
It's, it's much like the dorms, but really, in general, it's four years of uncomfortable living for me because I have to live there for four years. So um, I wish I could get an apartment, but I can't. Um, but you're living in a twin bed. Like, your first, your freshman year is going to be uncomfortable living. Your roommate might not be the greatest, or they could be the best, um, but just be prepared for all that stuff. Um, I guess for me, it was you know, complete 180 from Jackson. I actually, I'm like best friends with my roommate and we're actually um, roommates this year. We somehow ended up, you know, both being Hispanic, both coming from very like traditional Latino families. Um, and like we ended up having like very, very, very similar um, lifestyles. Um, but what I would say to that is just because of how similar we were and just like how you know, very close we were, just like 24 seven. It's really easy to just like get comfortable with that and then just like let that be, you know? And I guess for me that I kind of had the realization that I, I wasn't um, pushing myself more to meet different people besides just like my roommate, the people on my floor, the people in my major, because we were all literally the same major on in, like in my dorm. Um, and then I had to make that push to meet more different people outside of just what I was comfortable with. And so I think that's something that if you end up, if you get lucky enough to have someone that you're like, you know, this is like, you know, a really, really good friend of mine, um, then just keep in mind that it's a great idea to just like step away and just like do something more, you know? Um, I guess in terms of like living situation outside of the dorms um, at CU, um, if you're considering going there, definitely, 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 and this is one of the unique situations on like a lot of different schools, um, you basically have to have your living situation for sophomore year figured out by mid-November. Whereas like a lot of other schools, you can, it, you know, most people don't start looking for roommates till March you know, February, March, but at CU, like, the housing is so competitive. It's ridiculous, and um, just know also that rent and, like, stuff like that is so much higher than any other place in Colorado. So definitely keep that in mind um, and have realistic expectations. Um, so for me, I'd say the roommate situation has been the most difficult piece of college for me so far. I've just had lots of issues with uh, specifically bedtime. Uh, for me and my roommate, we just have differing styles. Uh, <laughs> I prefer to, to be lights off by midnight, and he kind of prefers to be lights off by 4 a.m., <laughs> which is <laughs> it's not conducive for 8 a.m.s, which is... Uh, just it's just something to keep in mind that it's a shared space and th the mistake I made going for the first couple months was just not standing up for myself enough so just don't be afraid to put your foot down and it's your space too and yeah just don't let the other person control your life really um, so, 
when you get a roommate, my, NYU is random, so I didn't have a choice. And at first, I actually really loved my roommate. But, you know... <laughs> okay, here's my advice. When you go in, I really wish I did this, you need to really tell them what you need to make it a safe living environment. Like, and some things you think are common sense, but apparently they're not. Like, maybe sometimes you have to say, don't eat in my bed for no reason. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to say those things. And I really wish I t um, laid down some boundaries when I first moved in. Like, at first we were just, we were honestly best friends for the first two months. And, um, but then like, you know, she got really comfortable around me. She started showing her true colors. And <laughs> I wish that I had some boundaries set up out so like I could enjoy myself in my room sometimes. Uh, so you know, yeah, you just, but now I have to go back and have like an awkward conversation about how like she has, there's a lot of things bothering me. And if I just, you know, said some like laid out boundaries before we were close, it wouldn't be awkward. It would just be like, it would be a healthy way to start the year. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that, Molly. Um, <laughs> So really quickly, we have time for about two more questions. Um, one of the questions is, what were the best and worst things that your parents or siblings did your first semester to try to support you? Well, <laughs> my mom made it a point like not to visit me um, until like until parents weekend. She was actually like in New York with my dad a few weeks after I moved in and we didn't meet up at all because she's like no you have to just adjust by yourself and that was really helpful because you have to learn to not be with your parents and like for someone like me who's really close with her parents that's kind of sad and scary but you know you get used to it and you have to force yourself into that situation so I'm pretty happy that my parents did not um, <coughs> so if any of you know my mom, she really struggled with me leaving. <laughs> it's like Suzanne just told me, and I hear from every person who knows my mom, she's like, she was a train wreck. <laughs> so, <laughs> mom, if you're watching this later, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but it was, I know that it was hard for her at first, and at first she texted me every day and wanted to know how my day went and everything and so I kind of had to tell her like you know like I can't text you every day and she's like okay like I'll work on it and eventually it sort of like slowly went down to like two times a week and like I don't know it was nice to like know that she cared about me and like everything that I wanted like that about my life and then but it was nice also to be on my own um one thing that we did that was really nice was every Sunday I would FaceTime them and talk to them about like my week and like what I did. And that was sort of something that was nice so that like, I could talk to them once a week. They knew what I was up to, but it wasn't sort of like she was always on my back.
So one thing I found was really helpful was um, for my parents to give me some space. And at first, I would say my mom, just like Finn's mom, um, struggled with this. She texted me every day. Um, and then eventually, I kind of realized that allowing space between yourself and your family brings you closer together when you see them. And it allows for a more memorable experience when you're with them. But at the same time, it allows you to be independent when you are on your own and to embrace the independence that you do have in a college environment. So kind of make those boundaries and allow yourself some space between you and your family. I would say that helped me the most um, with kind of um, dealing with being away, being so far away from home. Um, but it was also very helpful for them to kind of release the pressure and not um, question me every day about what I was doing. So. Yeah, my parents wanted me out of the house as soon as possible. <laughs> no, I'm completely joking about that. But it was, it was different. It was really different for me because literally I'm a mountain pass over. <laughs> I'm right on the backside of like Ajax almost. I'm over Taylor's side. So it was weird for me especially because I was almost like a two-hour drive away. I timed myself one time. And I was like, huh, I'm really close to home. But it gave me the mentality to think like, okay, even though I'm close from home, I still need – to figure this out for myself and give space. And in a weird way, it, it helped me, but it like helped my family out just a little bit. Like it helped my sister out a ton. Like she, she had a little trouble with her ski team. She was always like super down on herself. She would get really mad and blah, 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 blah. But like being far away from home and then like talking to her maybe about like her attitude or something towards, towards like the end of the day or something changed her and she's like, super positive when I go skiing with her and I look at her on the team and everybody loves her and you know that was that was and it was different it was really weird and that's something that I've noticed you know that and then when I get back home it's everybody is a lot nicer and that's for sure you'll you'll notice it you maybe your parents when you were living them with them they might be a little hard on you but the moment you leave and you might be gone for like two weeks or something you show back up they're gonna they're gonna have a a whole nother level of care it's gonna be kind of crazy caught me off guard just a little bit and I love my parents I'm not saying my parents are bad I was just, it's just something I noticed I'm like you guys are being a lot nicer like like your your notch is like turned up to Mach 10 right now with your hair on fire <laughs> but um yeah that's something I noticed for sure one more I think you go um I'd say maybe piggybacking off that a little bit. If you're in-state, um, I know it can be really, really tempting to go home, you know, every couple weeks, but just, like, don't. <laughs> you know, I know I know a lot of people who went to Aspen High who are home, like, basically every, like, two to three weeks. And, you know, it's nice if that's, you know, you like to be in Aspen. It's, it's a gorgeous place, don't get me wrong. But um, <coughs> you, there's a certain there's a certain growth that comes from being away for so long, and it's 
honestly just like really nice to be able to find like who you are by yourself for you know a couple months i didn't i didn't go back home till like thanksgiving break last like i only went home three times and i'm right over boulder and that for me i think really really worked just because you get to really like get to know who you are like what do you like what do you want with your life um you know your parents aren't going to be there holding your hand and like giving you that moral support so you got to find it somewhere else either like within you or like within like a, a club or community or like a, a social um society i guess and that's something that you have to do and i think that's really really important all right, we had one more audience question. That was, um, how does your current social life differ from your expectations of, um, or like your experiences with social life in high school? Um, does it change or um, is it very similar? Anyone can speak to that. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I don't know about like everyone else at different schools, but at least your first like two weeks um, as a freshman are definitely the most lively. I'd say, and then after that, it just it dies down. Um, in terms of, like, there's, I mean, Denver's right there. There's a lot to do. There's a lot more to do. You know, on the front range, then here in town, you can go skiing, you can go snowmobiling, whatever. But, um, you know, in terms of kind of those, like, nice, I guess, metropolitan luxuries, um, that's one aspect, you know, not, you know, um, not every place in Boulder will close at like 10, unlike here where like everything's closed and like done for by like 9.30, which is really nice. Um, yeah. I would say a big thing that I noticed is that in high school, you kind of have an established friend group for the most part. And getting to college, you put that pressure on yourself to find the perfect friend group, I think you end up hanging out with different groups of people. And I would say through my experience and a lot of my other friends' experiences, I've noticed that I would say my best friends are from very different experiences. I have friends in different clubs or classes. And while you still kind of artificially construct a friend group, maybe those aren't your the people you spend the most time with. I think you just need don't need to have that pressure to have that as much. Uh, yeah, my I got exceedingly lucky just with Betcher again. Uh, my best friends are all all Betchers, and or it's yeah, it's kind of like Jordan was saying with the the different groups. But I mean, the main people that I spend my time with are Betchers, and the just the types of things that that you get to do in college. At I think where the value in the social life kind of thing is. Like we get to to go on road trips every weekend, and like we've been to Canada, and my friend group just went to London together. So it's it's like being able to to go and do these new and different things and explore the world in in ways that, that I, I I certainly never did with friends from Aspen. So it's just finding there's so many people out there at college I've found who who just want to see new things and and meet new people and you just have to kind of take the first step and and say hello so that's what i've found um 
something that to look forward to is you can kind of hang out with your friends whenever you want like even on school nights you could just because you know you're all grown up can make your own decisions um and yeah it's really fun you just have to put yourself outside your comfort zone at first a little bit um and maybe if you're like really tired you don't feel like hanging out with anyone at least at the beginning just go suck it up go hang out with them because it helps you form these friendships and I'm not someone who like likes to go out really late but definitely at the beginning I would just force myself to do things and that helped me find like my best friends and also you have to um be open to like welcoming new people into your friend circles um my one of my best friends i met through another friend and just like see it as a like just be really positive about new people entering your life um at school because they could end up being your best friends yeah Um, so for me, I, in college, I'd say the clicks, the high school click thing, it kind of just disappears as you go through college, and that's something that I really, really enjoyed about my college experience, and um, you definitely have to be adjusted to, like, the college life. Like, on a Tuesday night, I'd be up at 2 a.m. just hanging out with friends when I have an 8 a.m. the next day. Um, oh, and don't take ADMs if you're not an early, or a morning person because even if you get up at 6 a.m. for high school and you think you could do it, you can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't take ADMs. <laughs> That's probably my number one piece of advice. Um, but just don't say no. It, like, um, like she was saying, don't say no to things because you're tired. Just do it, and you're going to get a great experience out of it. So I kind of got a little lucky. I joined the rugby team my freshman year, so I got a whole bunch of people, new friends from that and from the men's rugby team. And outside, I mean, we already spend a ton of time together through practices and games and traveling and everything. But um, I can't even, like, every day somebody's doing something. We have a Snapchat group chat and everything where everybody is always posting, like, hey, who wants to go to the mall? Who wants to go climb this mountain? Who wants to go hiking? Everything. So. If you do get lucky to find that group, go and do things that are super weird. We've played laser tag, like uh, down in Grand Junction, just because hey, they have a set, they have like a promotion going on. Just hang out with people, and you'll kind of find who you fit in with. And I've now another another one of the, my teammates is now a roommate of mine. So just you, you'll find your people eventually. It might take a couple of years to like really kind of narrow them down but you'll get there. Yeah, biggest thing is like join clubs, join a sports team, you know, and that was and that was for me and like it gave me a, it joining like a, I, I like talking about the ski team, but it gives me, keeps me grounded. Um, you know, going into college, I had a good mindset. I was like, well, you know, if I don't find anybody in the first two months, I'm gonna have the ski team to fall back on. 
and like all of the dry lands that I did for the preseason, I met so many cool people, which was crazy. I met like I always saw like the high school thing, which was crazy. You know, like if you're a senior, you gotta hang out. Like you know what I mean? It was it's cr it's really nice to know that I get to hang out with like a bunch of older dudes that are wiser than me or just have like different interests. You know, so join join a club, join a sports team, and you know, biggest thing is is be open. You know. It's a new start. It's a new beginning. So everything that happened here is out the window. It's a fresh start. It's how you make of it. You know what I mean? But and the biggest piece of advice is be yourself. People in college would rather see you be yourself than anything else. If you're acting like all macho or like fancy or whatever, that's and, and you know that's not you, then don't do that. If you're a con if you're a, a class clown, then cool. You're a class clown. Or if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. Like. Be you. Be happy about yourself. That's like the biggest thing I can give you, you know, because I'm doing that and it's been playing out into my favor a whole bunch and I definitely want to keep that going for sure. I'll just say one last thing. Um, Greek life is another part of um, socializing if you want. I decided last minute that it wasn't a commitment that I wanted to make, but if that is something you're interested in, um, definitely see if that's um, at the school that you're interested in. Um, and if you are interested in it, um, look at the reputations of the sororities. Um, try to get to know girls that are in sororities um, just to get a better idea. Oh, that's also fraternities. Sorry, I forgot about fraternities. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say something about Greek life, too. Don't let it define you um, because, you know, at, at, there are a lot of other great experiences to be had. If you're going to go to a school that um, is largely run by, you know, whatever fraternity is doing whatever, like, it, you don't need to be a sheep and follow that. Um, you can do whatever you want. And there's, yeah, but just you know, don't take yourself too seriously, just in general, because you don't need to at college because people accept you for whoever you are. So, anyways. Great. Okay. Well, we just want to say thank you so much to all of our panelists for spending part of their winter breaks with us and telling us their stories. And um, I'm less scared for college. They all survived. I will too. Um, and thank you to Melissa and Charlie for putting this event together. We, I had a great time. I hope you guys all learned a lot and have a great night. <laughs>